all of you tonight, to all of our guests. We are so glad to have you with us. We welcome you. To all who are watching online, some of our brothers and sisters who are a part of this congregation watching online, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight. We know that even though you're not here, able to be here physically, you're here with us in spirit. Amen. Praise God. I, I, I believe, I, I said it this morning and I won't take as long to say it for those of you that weren't here. But I have I really felt a bit, I think, rebuked by the Lord in the last couple of days. I I will continue. I'm not going to stop this, but I have tried to be a very realistic preacher, teacher. Not to make things all fluffy and just tell you what you want to hear the way you want to hear it. And But I, I also know that you can go a little too far and be so realistic that you forget about the miraculous. And I haven't forgotten about the miraculous, believe me. But I, I just believe that God, I, I believe today wasn't just a one-day thing. I believe there's, there's something the Holy Ghost has opened up here today, that it's the beginning of something fresh and new. So I, I, I feel like, now, this is another one of the messages I felt like several weeks ago God gave me for one of the Sunday nights in January. And it, it really feels trite to say this, but it, I don't mean it to sound trite. Where, please tell me, where did January go? Now, I know when we were in it, it felt like eternity, but now that it's gone, where did it go? Um, but... I, 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 so I trust God's timing. I've said that, I know at least to a couple of people personally. I think I've said it from this pulpit about Brother Caleb Herring. I was anticipating him being with us last fall, but God saw differently. And I believe this is the perfect timing and the will of God uh, this weekend coming up and ever how long. So Genesis chapter 5, and, and, and the good news is I don't think, Sister Angie, this is a complete change of direction tonight, so maybe we'll go two for two today, but uh, we'll see. Exodus 5, so I, my kids need to close their ears, but I'm just going to tell you, we have got to find, y'all don't clap on this, especially you men, because I might come knock your block off. But I was just, I was trying to worship a few minutes ago, but we've got the finest looking worship leader I know. It's kind of hard to worship when she's in close proximity. Hallelujah. Praise God. She makes 49 look good. Hallelujah. I ain't looking up. I'm not looking at her. I'm not looking at you. Hallelujah. Genesis 5, 21. And Enoch lived. It's kind of funny. When we talk about your son, brother and sister Evans, it's Enoch, and when we get spiritual, it's Enoch. So I have, come on. And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. So you can't do that on your fingers. So that's three hundred and sixty-five years. If you need help with the math there. 
Amen. Just want to be a blessing. Y'all are, even after all that great worship and move of God, y'all are still the tough crowd. Y'all laugh at me, not at my jokes. What is up with that? And all the days, here it is, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. He simply walked with God. And then he was not, for God took him. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject, when the monotonous becomes the miraculous. When the monotonous becomes the miraculous. Father, thank you for your awesome presence has been here all day. I know, God, every time we gather together, you're in the midst. That's what you promised, and that's what we believe. But there are some times, God, we recognize... Uh, a little bit different manifestation, stronger, unique manifestation of your presence. And all day long, we have felt that. God, I thank you for what you've already done tonight. God, I believe that this morning and tonight, there are miracles that have been done. There are healings. There are provisions that have taken place. And I look forward, God, to hearing the testimonies of what you've done. Because you're a God that's just as alive today as you have always been. And we thank you for that. God, I pray that you would speak to us this evening. I thank you for where we are as a congregation. And I thank you for where you're taking us. Lord, as we sing sometimes, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, you are working. But I believe today we see, we feel you working, and so I pray that you would continue that work in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Enoch simply walked with God. He just walked with God. There is a statement, some of you probably know the phrase, in fits and starts. According to idioms.thefreedictionary.com, in fits and starts, if something happens or is done in fits and starts, it does not happen continuously, but stops and then starts again many times. I believe there's a few of us here tonight that it's time for us to get beyond our fits and starts. It's time to get beyond our moments where we have momentary flutter of excitement and desire and hunger, and then it just falls back to the ground. Enoch did not have fits and starts he simply walked with God. And one of the greatest supernatural manifestations of God in all of the Bible was the fact that all of a sudden, He was gone. There was a lot of great things. There's a lot of amazing things God did throughout Scripture 
But I think one of the most amazing things in all of the Bible is the fact that one moment there was Enoch and the next moment there was not. You want to talk about miraculous, that's pretty miraculous. A sudden change of location from here to there. But he did not get there by pursuing the miraculous. We spend a lot of time pursuing the miraculous and we don't do the monotonous. We spend a lot of time wanting to see the sensational, but we're not willing to just simply walk with God. Some of you are doing really great tonight. You did really great with the worship and the singing and all of that tonight. But the question, the real question is, what happens tomorrow morning? I think if I'm not mistaken, there's been a couple of Sunday nights now this year where that's been a part of what the Holy Ghost has said to us. You may be able to dance tonight, but I want to know, can you just walk tomorrow? You might be able to shout and run the aisles tonight, but on Wednesday... When you get to the middle of the week and all of this tonight is just a distant memory, I want to know, and more importantly, God wants to know, can you just simply walk? Because if you will just simply walk, I've got some pretty spectacular things I want to do in and through you. But I don't need you pursuing those things. I need you just to walk. Enoch is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, what we often call faith's hall of fame. He's kind of different than the rest of the folks in there. The rest of the folks, they did something or God did something great through them. But none of them were not. They died. They still went the same way you and I are going to go if the rapture doesn't take place before we die. But one man, the Bible said he had this testimony. The testimony was that he pleased God. And the only one out of that chapter that was translated to not see death was the one who pleased God. And the one who pleased God just simply walked with God. I've used this before. I've said this before. I'll use it again tonight. If I tried to run full speed around this sanctuary, I'm pretty sure I can get a lap in. I ain't been to the Y a whole lot this year. I ain't been at all, but, you know, I didn't want to tell you that. So I I don't think I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I could sprint a lap. I, I don't know, of course, full speed for me is half speed for most of you anyway. But I'm telling you, I know one thing I could do. I am certain that at the pace I'm going right now, I could walk this sanctuary for hours and not stop. In fact, I believe many of you, it may be a little slower pace than I'm even walking, but you could do it. Isn't it amazing the thing that Enoch did that got him translated wasn't something that only a few could do? 
He didn't run with God really fast, and therefore he was not. He just simply learned to be faithful to do on a daily, regular basis what he was supposed to do. I, 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 I feel very cool. I'm, I'm doing a master class. How many of y'all know what a master class is? All the, all the younger people. I didn't really know either until I heard my kids talking about it. So I feel pretty cool doing a master class. It's a book written by a pastor, UPC pastor in Austin, Texas. He's doing a master class on the book he wrote. And, and uh, I missed the first live class the other night on Zoom. And I was watching some of it yesterday morning. And, and he made a couple of really powerful statements. He said, do not aspire to leadership, aspire to faithfulness. Do not aspire to a position, a title, an office, a role, aspire to faithfulness. And I'm going to paraphrase that in the context of this message tonight. Do not aspire for the miraculous. Aspire to be faithful. Aspire just to walk. Because God is looking for people that are faithful to entrust the greatest things He's going to do yet in the history of this world to people that will just learn to do what seems to be monotonous. But what God is really doing is setting you up for some miraculous moments. He also said this, this really connects, but may not be completely connected, but it's just too good to pass up. Our calling has a remarkable resemblance to our opportunities. Our calling has a remarkable resemblance to our opportunities. Sometimes we sit around and call, and we talk a lot about calling, and we should. It's important. But sometimes we get so focused on what our calling is somewhere way down the road, we're not willing to just step into the opportunities God is giving us right now. Some of you, and I'm thankful for and I've had several of you. Just so you know, I'm, there, there have been several. Please hear me. Literally... Hand on the Bible, several people, so I don't want any one of you thinking I'm shooting at you because you're not the only one. In the last couple of months, I have had several people tell me basically directly, a few people I've heard through the grapevine, but a couple of them directly, that, that they feel like they're called to be a church planner. Maybe there's other people here feel like you're called to pastor. Don't sit there waiting on the calling. There's probably some opportunities. And I can pretty much guarantee you the opportunity is going to be way below what the calling may ultimately be. 
Because if God's ever going to entrust you with the full calling, I'm not saying you don't have the calling, but if God's ever going to trust you with the full calling, the first thing He wants to do is know, can I just trust you to just walk with me faithfully without a position, a title, an office? I just need to know, can you just put one foot in front of the other day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, step into the opportunity that I give you. I've I've lived it. I I didn't just wake up one day and get the job to be pastor here. I walked through a bunch of opportunities. Some of them, Bishop had his foot on my backside pushing me into. (laughs) Not really. But I didn't like every opportunity. You know what? If I could go back, this is when you know God has finished something in your life. You want to know how to know when something is, what what the work God is trying to do through something is done? When you can look back and say, if I could have it different than the way it was, I wouldn't change a thing. That's when you realize, that's when you've complete, that's when you got the, certi- the graduation certificate. Because you now understand that everything he did really was good. It really was for your good. I, I want you to watch a couple of other scenarios in scripture that I believe are examples of, of what I'm saying to you this evening. Second Kings chapter 4 beginning with verse number 8. The Bible says it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. We, we don't know how many times that was, but the implication here, it was a number of times. And one of the reasons I know it's a number of times is because what happens? She says to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. So here's what I want to recommend that we do. Because he's coming by so frequently. I I want us to just go ahead and, and make a little chamber for him. On the wall. I I want us to create a guest room for him. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. That's, that's, That's monotonous. Here comes the man of God again. Let's go welcome him in. Here comes the man of God again. Let's... Invite him to stop by and rest. And then finally she says, the man of God keeps coming so much. Let's not just keep inviting him in. Let's make a place that's his. Let's, let's set up a place that there's not even an invitation needed anymore. He just knows when I'm passing by this house, I have a spot that belongs to me. We, we don't know how long that went on, but but again, he did it long enough that it got her attention to then say to her husband, this is happening so much, we need to build a room. 
And it continued to happen. And finally the Bible says it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, he, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? I don't know why he couldn't have just asked her himself. Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the king? I'm going to try that in counseling one time. I'm going to have my wife come. We're going to sit there. I'm going to say, Ask them. I bet y'all won't stick around. You'll think, Who does he think he is? Well, I don't know. It's a good thing she stuck around. I need to get an app out that's got laughter. (laughs) And then I'm just going to push it. Forget (laughs) y'all. He said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. What she's saying is, I'm okay. I'm just good with doing what I'm doing. I'm at peace with where I am. I'm at peace with what I have. She also was at peace with what she didn't have. She was just caught up in the monotony of life. But because of that, the prophet says something's got to be done. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, don't play with me. I know what KJV says, but that was a long time ago. I think she had a hand on a hip. Head was wagging. Don't you mess with me. The reason I think she said that is because I believe she had settled. She had already settled. Could could it be that what you're wanting is on the other side of you making peace? Could it be that what you're so desperate to have is on the other side of you deciding, not my will, but your will be done. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And I believe what she was saying was, I haven't had a child I've reached the point, I've made peace with the fact I'm never going to have a child. But the man of God says, you've been walking faithfully for too long. You've been faithful to do what you've been doing for too long. You need to receive something. And so it was, as he said, about nine months later. This is, this is not... I don't think this is a trick question. It may turn into one. But I think it's not a trick question. How many of you want to see more of the miraculous? 
How many of you, if you knew it was not a trick question, would say you want to see more of the miraculous? There we go. How many of you are just not awake? <laughs> Sister Tyler, if you're watching, I still have not apologized. So I, I wanted to see more. I wonder if the problem is we don't see more because we want to see more. And the one who has the power to give us more is bothered by the fact we just want to see more of what he can do rather than just being willing to walk with him no matter what he does or does not do. If he doesn't do what I want him to do, I'm not going to take my ball and run home. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to keep walking. But I'm here to tell you tonight, don't keep walking so you can get something. But I am here to tell you tonight, I think if you'll just learn to keep walking, you're going to get something. How about this? Jesus, in the calling of his disciples, basically to all of them, we don't get the story of all 12 that he called, but a couple of them we get the story One of those stories is recorded in Matthew 4, verse 18. Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto unto them, You want to see some cool stuff? You want to see some miracles? No. He simply said, According to what the scripture says here, he said basically two key words. Follow me. Here it says, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. There's a couple other places it's recorded in some of the other ones. He just basically said, follow me. The only promise he made to them was, I will make you fishers of men. What kind of promise is that? He's speaking to fishermen. I don't know if they had a moment of revelation and understanding when he said that or not. I wouldn't be surprised if when he said that, they just scratched their heads and looked at each other and say, does that mean we're going to walk down the street and throw our nets? Gather up people, become cannibals? Just follow me. What am I going to get out of it? Follow me. What are you going to do? Follow me. Where are we going to go? Just follow me. Who saw the majority of miracles Jesus did? The guys that were willing to just follow. Oh, there's some crowds and multitudes that showed up and saw a miracle. But there was a group of guys that were there for just about every one. And they were the ones that just responded to two words. Follow me. I'm not saying that 
we are not that we aren't following. I'm not preaching tonight that all of you aren't following him. I'm here to tell some of you tonight you just need to keep following him. I realize you may not have seen yet what you want to see, and you may not have experienced yet what you want to experience. But if you'll just be faithful to follow him, as he said, follow him. You're what you have, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has already prepared. That's why, I, you know, I, there, there, there's uh, Brother Shelton's one, I'll just be honest. Brother Shelton's one, y'all may not have noticed this, but a lot of times now when he comes to, comes to town and is going to preach, I don't announce it. Because there's people that never come to church. You tell them Brother Shelton's going to be here. Bless God, they show up. What about all the rest of y'all that'll just show up when it's just me? That's what God's, I'm not, this, I'm not trying to make this, I'm, that's what God's interested in. I'm not interested in the crowd. I, that's why it's the same reason. You may have noticed this too. You may have not noticed it. I don't usually announce when we're doing communion anymore. Because I've watched all my life. You announce communion service, people that ain't been to church in months or years. Here you're doing communion and show up. I kind of think those that just know how to be faithful are the ones God's got His eye on. And those are the ones that God's looking at rewarding because of their faithfulness and willing to just simply walk with Him. Prophet Elijah was coming to the end of his time, his ministry. He's already gone and thrown his mantle on Elisha. Elisha has forsaken his plowing and the family farm to follow him and the scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1 it came to pass when the lord would go when the lord would take up elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that elijah went with elisha from gilgal and elisha said and elijah said unto elisha tarry here i pray thee for the lord has sent me to bethel and elisha said unto him as the lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. It doesn't matter where you go. I'm following. Doesn't matter where you decide to go. I'm following. So then they get to Bethel. And the Bible says the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry ye here. I pray thee, for the Lord shall, the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And as the sons of the prophets were at Jericho, came to Elisha and said, Knowest thou that, thy, that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He answered, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. 
And 50 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they stood by Jordan. And Elijah, wrapped, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, let me ask you a question before I finish reading here. What, what would you, what would you, uh, Matthew, what would, what would you do if, if brother, brother Mike came up to you after church tonight and said, you know what, man? I think you just need to quit being a part of campus. You just need to stop being in campus ministry. I don't think you need to do it anymore. Just stop. What would you do if your leader, somebody you're working with, came and said, I'm going on to more and bigger and better, but you stay here. Some of you would get offended and just stay. They didn't invite me, didn't call my name. I've said this in the privacy, it was sort of the privacy of my home with young adults, but don't don't sit around and watch Brother Yu post pictures on Facebook of people he's doing Bible study with and sit there and wonder, I wonder why he don't ever ask me to come do a Bible study, because he didn't ask most of them. Most of them asked him. It's amazing. Oh, hallelujah. It's amazing while some of you sit around all upset about all the opportunities everybody else is getting but you and all the passing over what you don't know. You don't really know their story. You don't really know everything they've been through. You don't know every obstacle they've had to overcome, and they just made up their mind. You know what? I'm following. You can't get rid of me. I'm following. Sorry, Elijah. Wherever you go, I'm going. I don't really know exactly what I'm going to get out of it, but I'm just going to keep going wherever you're going. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that the two went on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Now I realize he's asking for something here. But before he ever got the opportunity to ask for something from Elijah, he had to just follow him for a while it wasn't day one where Elijah says what do you want from me it was a little ways into the process where Elijah finally says what do you want from me and Elisha says I want a double portion of your spirit and he said thou hast asked a hard thing you've asked a hard thing Some of you don't understand. You've asked a hard thing. Not hard for God to do, but a significant, important thing. And God's not just going to freely give it to you until He's proven you. Hallelujah. You say, I believe. That was a lot more funner, wasn't it? You've asked a hard thing.
18. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. You know what some of us would do? So, so when are you going? Because, listen, I got some stuff to do. I can't be just hanging around with you all the time. I, I don't have time to just be sitting around waiting on you to go. So if you'll tell me when you're going, I'll put it in my phone. And I'll set a reminder and get there on time. But I got too much to do. Got, got too many movies to catch up on. Got too many episodes I'm behind on. Been a long work week. I got, got to get some rest. If you see me when I go, you got to see me. And I'm not telling you when I'm going. I'm just telling you if you see me when I go, it'll happen. But if you don't, it won't. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof and he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces and then he went and picked up the mantle and then he went back to the Jordan River and when he went back to the Jordan River with the mantle of the man of God he did the same thing the man of God did and walked through that same river but if he hadn't have been willing to just simply walk with the man of God no matter where he went no matter what he said he would have missed the miraculous what if what if your breakthrough is just in the middle of you just continuing to walk just continuing to walk what if what if the fulfillment of your calling and your ministry is just going to come through you simply walking i know god can speak to us i know he do, i know he can i know he does he doesn't always speak to us the same way and i've been asked the question numerous times and i'll probably get asked it again how did you, when did you know and how did you know you were called to preach? There was one night I was laying in my bed. I was about 11 years old and all of a sudden this bright light appeared in the room. And there was this shape in that light that called me, called me by my name and said, Thus saith the Lord unto you, my son, I have chosen you. Yeah, you get the point. Do I believe God speaks to us in dreams and visions? 100%. Do I believe God can speak to us audibly? Absolutely. Do I believe God speaks to us? You better believe I do. But I got bad news for some and I got good news for some of you others. Good news for some of you others because you're sitting around waiting on that mysterious, mystical moment. And it hasn't happened yet, but there's just this feeling 
There's just this feeling that you can't get away from. There's just something that's always nagging at you. So you want the great, impressive answer to when I knew it. When did you knew you were called to pastor this church? Basically the day Bishop sat down and said, Because up until that point, I was just following, walking, with something down in my gut that just felt like I'm called. I don't know exactly where. I don't know what, but I'm called. I don't know if I've ever, I think I may have once or twice. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, though. But I, I, I as, a, as a kid and probably even into my teen years, I had the desire to follow in my dad my grandfather's footsteps and go into the Navy. And obviously I could have gone in the Navy for a little while and then gotten out. And, but I, did, I, I, I did not do that because God spoke to me and told me not to do that. I just couldn't get away from something. So while you're waiting on that magical moment so you can tell everybody this impressive story, God just keeps tugging, wanting to know, will you just walk? Where am I going to go? Just walk. What are you going to do through me, God? Just walk. I, I know, I know, I, I know, he can handle this. I know that, you know, some of you think all we'd ever do is brag on this guy. And I mean, now he's an author. I mean, what a, he's a, now he's an author. Good. You didn't even sign my book. I didn't see it on the second page. It's supposed to be on the first page. I didn't have an. I got ADD. I didn't get to the second light. Just stuck my foot in my mouth. How about that? It's probably a very kind note, too, knowing you. So you know what I'm doing right after service? I'm going to my office, turning to the second page. So, oh, I believe you. Yeah, oh, Ike McGurk. Ike McGurk. Y'all don't, y'all, don't, y'all don't know what's going on. Y'all don't know the stuff he's had to go through, number one. But you know what? He didn't know when he made a decision in high school to quit football. He didn't know where he didn't know what he was going to be. He didn't know. God didn't tell him then. I'm going to tell on you something I don't think most of these people probably have any idea of. God didn't tell him then. I'm going to give you the opportunity to become the Campus ministry director, not for Maryland, for the United Pentecostal Church, youth ministry. Y'all are, y'all, are, y'all are all clapping, but what you don't know is he was given the opportunity but didn't feel to take it. Just because you get an opportunity, that's why God, this is going to sound like a very cocky statement, But I'm only saying it this way because I believe it's based on the Word of God. That's why God gave you me. And when you choose to make decisions for your life, major decision for direction in God's will, and don't have time to want to say, Pastor, listen, I got, the last thing in this world I want to do is run your life. I can't even run my own. But sometimes God's going to use 
me and others. It doesn't always have to be me, but going to authority in your life. My point more so is authority, not me personally. The office and authority. Sometimes, God, you're not going to want to go through the door, and you're going to need somebody to tell you you need to do it. And other times, you're going to want to go through the door, and you're going to have to hear something you don't want to hear. Don't go. And if you do, there's a really good chance it'll be a little while before you know why you shouldn't have gone. And by then, it's usually too late. But there's others here. He's not the only one. There's others here that gave up things and sacrificed. Bishop didn't know in in in. in 50 years ago where all God was going to take him. He didn't know when he lost his Navy career he'd be doing what he's doing today. He was just simply following. I believe there are people in this place tonight that what God has planned for your life is so far above and beyond what you've imagined. It's exceeding abundantly above. But you're not going to get there by trying to get there. You're going to get there by just making up your mind I'm just going to walk with God. If nobody knows my name, if nobody gives me credit for anything, if I'm never the headliner, I'm just going to walk with God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you will make up your mind to do that, there's going to be some miraculous moments that God steps into your monotonous life with. I know, I know, I know, brother, brother, brother Gross read it. It was such a powerful point he used at the funeral on Friday. The scripture says in, in, in John, I believe it is, the scripture says, if everything the Lord had said, and I believe it's said and done, had been recorded, the, the, this world couldn't contain the books. So while I understand there was more than what's in the Gospels that Jesus did and said. I also believe that the disciples and Jesus were not just all day long going from one miracle to the next. Blind eyes, deaf ears, fish multiplied, walking on the water, raising the dead. No, no. It's pretty obvious from some things the scripture says. There's some times all they were doing was just walking. They didn't wake up every morning and get the agenda of miracles for the day. They didn't wake up. It's obviously they didn't wake up the morning the 5,000 were fed and get told 5,000 were going to be fed. Because as I preached this morning, when it came time to feed that crowd, their idea was send them away. They had no idea when they woke up that morning that they were going to be a part of a miracle of feeding 5,000 plus people. You have no idea tomorrow that in the middle of your Monday, we all love Monday. In the middle of your Monday, it may be what seems a very normal, routine moment. Where God steps into your world and does something either for you or does something through you for someone else. And it's going to come 
by just being willing to walk. If we're not careful, we can start to live from one spiritual high to the next. And basically end up, all we do is between each spiritual high and the next is just this gradual crash. If all you do is live your walk with God from Sunday to Sunday, I got to store it all up on Sunday. I got to get everything I need because I'm about to go through the whole, if that's, it's not the way this works. You're supposed to walk, follow. Where are we going, Jesus? Just, just follow me. He told Peter, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. But when he told Peter to follow him, he didn't say, hey, Peter, follow me. I got some keys for you. Hey, Peter, if you'll follow me, in a couple of years, I'm going to pour my spirit out. And the first day I do that, you're going to be the one that gets to preach the message. So will you follow me? Oh, yeah, sure, Lord, let's go. No, no, just, just follow me. I think if there's anybody else in this place tonight that can relate to this message, I think you probably can because a couple of years ago it was follow me. But, but <laughs> if, I give you, if I give this up, what are you going to just Just follow me. Doesn't seem like it's as many days as it used to be, but there's probably still some days here and there when you sit in that freshly painted office thinking about where you would be now, what you would be doing now, and then what am I doing here? Just follow. You know what? There's this guy in the Bible named Stephen. And uh, there's not a whole lot in the Bible about him, but one of the things we know about Stephen is that he was stoned. And while he was being stoned, there's this guy named Saul who's standing there watching what's going on. And this guy, Saul, is holding people's coats while they're stoning Stephen. And out of the sacrifice of that life, and he never even knew the results, out of the sacrifice of that life came a man who eventually became Paul. If God never does one more thing through you, What you gave up You could be off somewhere Filling your commission But what if you were off somewhere Josh fulfilling your commission But Tommy never heard What he heard from you 
pretty monotonous, wasn't it? Not quite as glamorous as what the army was offering, was it? Except there's a soul. A soul that came from you being willing to just follow me. I wonder if there's anybody in this place tonight. I know many of you have already done it before, so it's a fresh and a new. But I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that is just willing to once again to say, Jesus, I'm good with just following you. I don't need you to keep me entertained every day, all day long. I I don't need you to keep doing a bunch of tricks for me all day long. I'm just willing to follow you wherever you go, whatever you want to do. That's up to you. I'm just good with following you. I know you can do it right where you are, but I feel like there's somebody that you need to get out of your seat right now as an even further demonstration of surrender and come to this altar. You can stand, kneel, lay, whatever you want to do, but would you just come and again tonight say, Jesus, I'm just willing. I'll be committed to the monotonous things of my walk with you. I'll be be committed to what seems like the routine, monotonous activities of walking with you on a daily basis. I'll be good with that, God. Whenever you choose to step in and do the miraculous, whenever you choose to step in and do something awesome, whenever you choose to give me a position, an office, a title, a role, a ministry, a calling, whenever you choose to do that, so be it. But in the meantime, I just want you to know I'm okay just doing what Enoch did and walking with you every single day. Not with fits and starts. I'm not going to start to walk with you on Sunday. But by the time Friday gets here, I've gone in a different direction. I'm not going to start to walk with you at youth convention in the spring but then a couple of days or weeks afterward I've gotten distracted I'm simply willing to walk I believe God's going to do the miraculous. I believe God wants to do the miraculous. But our job is not to try to get the miraculous. Our job is just to walk. Just to walk. Just to walk. walk. I'm going to walk with you Sunday. I'm going to walk with you Monday. I'm going to walk with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm going to walk. (laughs) 